0: And welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast.
1: A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens.
0: My name is Eric Lafibri.
1: And my name is Jessica Trissero.
0: Jess, how the hell are ya? (laughs) Uh,
1: Great, considering I watched the hell out of these silly, silly movies.
0: And boy... (laughs) Are we ready to talk about it? We're doing Hellboy, is the <laughs> thing. Um, so we're doing Hellboy, the 2004 version, uh, Guillermo del Toro, and then the 2019 remake with David Harbour as Hellboy. I
1: cannot um, believe that that was 2019. I feel like, okay, so- I feel like it just
0: came out, and it's already going to be 2022. Isn't that fucking Oh my God, nuts? I know.
1: I mean, I haven't left my house in two years. Ugh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's also that.
1: Um, Okay, but like on the real though, so I like Blade. We all know that I I love Blade. Um, I had not seen Hellboy until like just like a handful of years ago. And when I first saw the 2004 Hellboy, I was like, fucking, this is so fun. This is so cool. This dude loves cats. Oh my god, I'm like, I'm here. And it was just fun and silly and fun. Um, and I remember hearing about the remake and seeing like, oh, cool. I will watch this because I, I like this actor. Like, I mean, um, Mila Jokovic like, yes, yes, absolutely. Like love her. Um, and I have opinions.
0: I have a lot of opinions, I have also. opinions on both of
1: these after Same. going back and rewatching like the first one. I mean, <laughs>
0: yeah, because even similarly, like I remember watching the first Hellboy in theaters it was like a treat we were helping my dad build a fence and he's like if you guys finish helping me today we'll go to the movies tonight and i was like perfect and it was hellboy and i remember it very clearly i remember liking it but i have not seen it since that time which was 2004 which i was 12 um oh look at me and i'm happy we're doing the episode i'm well i have stuff to say it's not like egregious or like it's not like a power rangers moment or like a like, uh, whatever. Like, it's not crazy. I mean, the second one's, met uh, whatever. The second
1: one will be, like, Power Rangers. <laughs> this, yeah, the second I mean- <laughs> one's,
0: like, what the fuck was that? But, um, the first one I'm excited to talk about, too. I think it'll be cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, um... It's really interesting because this um, the 2019 version was actually supposed to be a sequel to the original Hellboy. Um, so like it's like Hellboy and then Hellboy 2 like with the Golden Army. Right. And then this was supposed to be the the next installment of that. But um, Guillermo del Toro wasn't invited back and so ron perlman was uh he like kind of put his foot down and was like nope i'm not doing this thank you yeah um so the writers and uh one of the writers on this is um the creator of the comic too and so they were like okay whatever this is just going to be a re a reboot it's going to be a reboot and it's going to be great and um it wasn't so
0: should we should we go is this crazy should we just jump in
1: oh my gosh let's do it
0: let's do it okay fucking okay. rock and roll great In a last-ditch effort to win the war in 1944, the German army, led by Rasputin, decided to open a portal to release the dreaded Ogdru Jihad and subsequently destroy the world. Luckily, the Allies showed up and shut down the portal almost immediately after it was opened, killing Rasputin in the process. Despite their efforts, a little baby demon, affectionately called Hellboy, managed to get through the portal and was quickly adopted by Trevor Brutenholm, a.k.a. Broom. Flash forward to present day, where we meet the super-secret organization known as the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense, aka BPRD, which consists of an old dying broom, his unknowing replacement John Myers, amphibious humanoid Abe Sapien, and a very angsty, misunderstood grown-up version of Hellboy, who has a soft spot for cats, cigars, and women named Liz who left the BPRD to work on herself at the local psych ward.
1: Meanwhile, Rasputin is resurrected by his lover Ilsa and their mechanical assassin. The trio quickly jump into action, bringing forth egg-laying unkillable demons to terrorize the BPRD while they make their final preparations to finish the work they started in 1944. Their master plan includes manipulating Liz into burning down the hospital she's staying in so she goes back to the BPRD, murdering Broom so Hellboy comes to Russia, forcing their group to split up in a booby-trapped underground crypt labyrinth thing, and kidnapping slash killing Liz, so Hellboy becomes enraged and opens the portal and becomes the bad demon boy. All this happens just as they planned it, but Myers, who also has the hots for Liz, reminds him that he can choose to be good, so he stops the portal, kills Rasputin and the monster that possessed him, and makes the Ogdru Jihad give Liz's soul back. They kiss. The end
0: ding 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 um where do we want to
1: start for this so
0: i have one glaring issue with this movie it's my biggest problem with it um because otherwise i thought it was pretty fine um it's not like the best but it was fairly enjoyable my biggest issue was selma blair's character what is her name
1: her name is liz i think her her other name is Firestarter because she starts okay. fires.
0: Yes, my problem was 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 the way that they portrayed her because to me, and here's my like, wow, she's the fucking strongest person here. She can eliminate anything and everything at the drop of a dime. She could handle the entirety of the issue, but instead, she is the damsel in distress. We love a damsel trope. She is only there to be batted between two shitty romantic liaison love plot lines, which w- was annoying and bad.
1: Which and, I didn't feel any romantic tension between the two, like either pair. Any of them. And any of them. especially John. Like, what the fuck was that? He's like, like, he's that was fucking the on- awful.
0: Literally the only reason he's there is because he's the audience surrogate. I feel like yes. that's the intention because he's so boring and basic and the everyman, which take him away. We don't need that.
1: I but have second, literally no notes for him except for yeah, like, gross. Because he's he's
0: not real. He's like such a weird outlier character. He's a nothing who character been, that adds nothing. nothing. And with Liz, the third issue that I had apart from like her being powerful and being damseled, the romantic pitter patter was the way to coax her power out is through physical abuse.
1: Is to fucking hit her. Yeah.
0: And that means apart from just the toxicity of like, them writing that she needs to be physically hit by men to, like, elicit a reaction, it then puts her power, her autonomy is just given right back to the men of the story, where she is helpless, she is a damsel, unless the men elicit a response from her via violence. None of that is necessary.
1: It's either (laughs) physical violence or mental violence, right? Because the way that um, Rasputin gets her to, like, flame on is... um, Is he, like, just, you know, tells her, like, it's her fault. And he, like, just starts, like, manipulating her emotions to where she loses control, right? Yeah. So it's awful for all of the reasons that you stated. And then it's even more awful because, again, when we meet Liz, she's in a psychiatric hospital, right? She is taking care of herself. And when Hellboy tries to be like, hey, I mean, you should come back, blah, 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 blah. She's like, she says that she doesn't want to come back because she feels like the BPRD is not good for her. Um, yeah. And she's figuring, like, she tells him, like, straight up, like, no, I'm figuring myself out for the first time. I'm not afraid. I'm a- I'm in control. Um, Like, if you care about me, just let me go because I actually have a chance to, like, live a normal life. And so what that, to me, says is she doesn't feel safe at the BPRD. Uh, the BPRD, right? And she is constantly, because we, I mean, we see it with Hellboy, right? He's absolutely horrifyingly obsessed with her. And we see the way that that anybody that's not like a human is, or like, you know, has like some sort of extraordinary power is treated, right? They are treated like Um, They are very othered. They are monsters that um, are killing all of the monsters for humans. And at the end of the day, they are the last target. Right. Like it explicitly says that. Um, So I want to talk about that because I'm like, why the fuck are they even helping people? But so she's taking care of herself. She's fine. She's like, I'm cool. I got this. And then he just decides for her, like, no, you're not. You need to come here. And she's like, no, just fucking leave me alone. And the the one time she feels safe she's not allowed to feel that right and hellboy like keeps trying to like his way of like flirting or like talking to her is like being demeaning and being overbearing oh right? he's, Where he, he's like a... he <sighs> will not let her have a minute alone he calls her kid he tries to he always has to have like the fucking last word in with her um he's like I know what's best for her. How many buildings does she have to burn down? You know, um, and he's like, he's such a fucking asshole. And the way that they wrote, like, he's rewarded for that. Because at the end, he's like, I'll never give up with you. And she's like, I like that kiss. Right. But in her uh, in very early in the film, they're talking about like, you know, a Hellboy, And there's like this this one like. Off thing that happens where i'm like why did they include that and it's to show that he's fireproof right and we don't find out about her being a pyromancer or whatever until like the middle of the movie yeah but, so right away like one of the first scenes we find out that he's fireproof and what this means is that literally she cannot is written as a character that cannot be with anybody else because like she has no choice because he's the only one that can actually like withstand which, her, right and which can is, actually be there and a, even though he's what yeah. instigates it and he's only obsessed with her because he can't like be with anybody else and he's never fucking met another woman in his goddamn life yeah. so she and is I, written solely to like in a way that is just like incredibly awful
0: here's also my fun queer take on this is it's that is the most boring romantic Decision in storytelling is like we were destined to be together. Like there's no other way. We have no choice. It's meant to be. Um That's bullshit and it's boring. And it's also such an easy out mm-hmm. to like the complexity and the nuances of romance. Like that's what makes a lot of these romantic stories beautiful is that there is complexity. There is nuance. There is a struggle. But when you've established in this story that like She literally can't be with anybody else. And he, for some reason, also literally can't be with anyone else. Um, Let's kiss. Uh, Why? What? No. Who fucking cares? Like, I just, he's such a, he's such a shitty, like, obsessive controlling, nagging, uh, the antithesis of an emotionally abusive partner. Um, and And I mean, arguably physically abusive as well, (laughs) Sure, but what the fuck? Like, it's just, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I do understand how, like why this is, this is a part of the movie because I think from a man writing a movie like this, from a male perspective, it is kind of romantic to a straight cis male. You, you belong to me. Like Mm -hmm. in a misogynistic perspective, you literally have no other choice but to be with me and I'm so in love with you and I'll take care of you. You won't because you're a bad partner, but that's it's not romantic. It's entrapment. It's...
1: And it's so weird because um, <laughs> because the the same way that he, uh, that Hellboy manipulates her into, like, making her think that she needs to stay because he needs her because, yeah. like, you know, X, Y, or Z. Like, um, he does that uh, through the same means that Rasputin, like, also, like, triggers her. And so it's, like, both the bad guy and the good guy are using the same means to manipulate the same woman. And it works. <laughs> and that yeah. sucks. But, like... Uh, The way that it's framed narratively is, like, it's not bad, right? It's not gross. It's um, It's not disgusting because he's not physically hurting her, right? Like, where they talk about her backstory and how everybody was mean to her and threw stones at her. And she's literally, like, sitting there screaming for help. And nobody will ever fucking help her because either they're afraid of her or they're trying to control her, right? I thought that was just so... It's just so disgusting. I really, I love Selma Blair, and I'm so sad that this is the way that this is her character. Same, you know, because
0: because also like literally, she could have won and done to this movie herself with nobody's like, help. Why, with literally nobody's help, when she's why? under
1: that blanket? Like he took off her clothes. She's fucking naked under that blanket when she's a sacrifice, right? Like, and then he, like, fucking kisses her practically to, like, get the soul out of her. Like, she could have just flamed on then, but she couldn't because she wasn't being physically hit. Like, Which, fuck that. Like,
0: I understand to some degree where they're coming from as, like, a an accessibility trope of, like, well, I can't access this unless there's this thing in my past. Like, I understand that. But we can be more nuanced and precise or... or we can be more cognizant of the fact that that is not a good ignition choice just Mm -hmm. to like hit women and arguably have only the men hit her. Um, what a weird choice to be like. Well, no, well, it's like part of her only thing. Woman. It's like
1: she is the only woman and, in this movie. So, exa- <laughs> and but that's also my thing is like
0: she's the only one. She's the strongest one. But because she's so strong, we have to make her weak, so that way that the guys can be the ones who are in control. Even the one who has no power brings nothing to the table. We give him more strength and more access mm-hmm. in this movie than we even consider for her.
1: That's so true. Which is
0: so weird because he is a nothing character. And he's and also she, trying
1: to manipulate her, yes. trying to be like, oh, be with me. When yes. he's trying to be like, oh, I'm here. I know that he can be hard. It's like, what the fuck do you know? He's
0: he's the most nothing character. And she's arguably, if not truly, the only reason this movie works. She's the only yeah. reason anything gets done is her either their affection for her. She is the key. She's the key to this film and she's given zero access to that keydom, I guess. Like, yeah. she's given no access to herself. And it's just like, why?
1: And like- <laughs> I know why, she but was, like, why? She's doing fucking good on her own <laughs> She also, was so great. And, and no,
0: you pulled and her back into the bad-
1: men- none of these men could take her saying no. Like, none of these, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, you're good without me? F- what the fuck? Like, no, yeah. no, no, you think this is good? No, you're wrong. Like, I, I can I will protect s- you. And she was doing fucking fine on her own. And she was learning to control it on her own and stuff, too. So, like, to just have all that progress go the fuck away because a man enters the room, like, that is so... Um, she wasn't doing better. She wasn't doing... Like, strips away all autonomy and all, like all of the progress that she was doing that like, not to mention how many fucking people did she kill? Like, and how many people did she kill when she was a kid? Right. Well, this is
0: also, this is something that I wanted to bring up too. I loved how literally directly after the scene where she blows up a building, the only thing that the interrogation or the person who was working at that hospital says is we'll be we closed for months. And I put a big dent in our chlorazine supply. I'm like, Hey, so literally everyone in that building also died um uh-huh. i don't know if you knew that but we did just see it blow the fuck up so all of your employees and all of your in or all, the, all of your patients are dead but you'll be closed for months and your chlorine supply is dented no <laughs> there's just so much more that they could have done like it's just all of these all of these choices and i mean this in the with the most disrespect All of these choices are literally a first thought. They're all like, oh, well, she's between two guys. Oh, what if she's, like, kind of romancing both of them and, like, they have to decide. That is so boring. That is the most boring thing. Oh, but what if she's, like, the key? And, like, what if her only access is, like, through pain because she has to access that trauma? It's, like... I literally could have thought of this in my sleep. I'm not trying to be a dick, but I am. And these are the most boring versions of these really interesting characters. Like, Hellboy. I like Hellboy as a character. Like, his whole... He's like a this big curmudgeon who's like a romantic, who's plagued by, like, the woes of masculinity and being othered by his physical appearance. But he also, like loves cats and is this big softy but is also a big rugged man. he drinks a lot of beer he drinks a lot of beer but he also like <laughs> loves little small things and likes to be kind of a soft romantic like the dichotomy iconic as a character the i kittens? love that
1: The kittens, like saving the kittens during that, like, I. That's one of the things that I that stuck out the most about when I first watched this movie. I was like, I love this movie. I love this so much. Like he just, he's a crazy cat dude.
0: His character is really interesting, and I like the Hellboy character. I think in even in the next one, I I do still like Hellboy as a character. He's interesting and complex and cool. And a lot of it plays, and I wish that they spent more time with this, plays with the toxicity of masculinity because Mm -hmm. he's trying to adhere to masculinity while simultaneously strip himself of it. Let's open that conversation. Let's open that door. We don't, unfortunately. But,
1: yeah, because that only happens with, like, in these ways where, like, where it's not verbally expressed, right? Like the loving kittens and the, like, you know, trying to do all. But, like the way he acts and the way that he presents himself and um the way that he talks to other men especially and women like that just interacts with anybody is so um violent right yeah. or he's so and i and I, in this one i think they did a better job of showing how othered he was and like why maybe he was like that like he wasn't even allowed to attend his dad's funeral right yeah. like he is that far removed and literally the director of, um, of the BPRD says, like, you're the last monster to kill once you're done killing all the other ones, right? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, we can see that, but like... He sees that he's othered by society, and then he others himself by, like, saying, nobody helps me, I go in alone, and he, like, has this, he romanticizes being this, like, lonely hero, and he just doesn't want to listen to anybody, and he's, like, self-deprecating in the ways, too, where he's just, like, you know, like, oh, whatever, and I guess, like they could have done a little bit more. And I feel like that's why I really like this character is because there's so much there. And we just have to put those pieces together in this way that I think would be so cool and so interesting rather than just letting it hang. You know, yes,
0: the conversation around deconstructing toxic masculinity and the, the, the problem with like performative masculinity, he is the perfect character to study with that narrative. Like Jess, He is the Batman syndrome. He's literally that fucking straight guy who's like, is soft, is a little bit more emotional, shows that sort of uh, organically, but then suppresses it immediately and makes sure that like, oh, big, tough, strong guy. And like, I don't need your help. I can do it myself when in fact he's helpless and can't do anything himself, but must be lone hero, blah, 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 straight, boring nonsense. Mm hmm. He's the perfect character to do that study with. Like why and, are we like, why are we sending him on this literal nonsense journey and for also, no reason?
1: In the same way that he's rejecting his um his demonhood, like it would be really great to see like rather than latching on to toxic masculinity, right? Like uh, that performative toxic masculinity um like I understand in this movie in this iteration of it that he is latching onto that. So he seems more human like, and that, so yeah. all of this does feel so much more performative. Like he pulls off his horns. He's like, you know, filing them down. He's like, he's doing everything he can to try to be of the world that he is saving again. What, but he's not allowed to do it. He's not allowed to be there. So I understand that. And I think that that is so cool and such a cool conversation. It's so powerful. Um, because in the place of being an actual demon is toxic masculinity and is this like is what he perceives like or what the world shows him this is what it means to be a man right and they they in that in the second one they really fucking doubled down on a lot of the gross toxic masculinity stuff but they like present that as like no this is what you're supposed to be where I feel yes. like Broom at least even though he didn't really talk about you know he was he wasn't the greatest dad he, you know he just felt kind of like he was like bumbling around but like you know he's trying his best right um he's the antithesis of that right where he um he looks down on violence and he really just saw like a kid that needed help and he wanted to be there for him like an unready father for an unwanted boy I think is what they say but like I love that so I love that like to see where all of Hellboy's influences are and how like all of these like being a demon but and being bored of like a demon and a, a Nazi but like also being like raised by like this just very sweet kind old man but then also consuming so much fucking media to where no this is this is what this is what a man is this is what I need to be like that is so cool and that is so complex and that is so great.
0: And I love it, but they don't do enough with it. I know. And it's such a I'm bummer. So because even like you were saying too about like the 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 fitting into sort of human culture and trying to be more human, literally trying to perform as passing as possible in this world. What a fantastic fucking allegory for otherness, for queerness, for non-white personhood, for for literally all marginalized perspectives, and then to do the most boring version of that makes me so mad.
1: Yeah, like because, like, there's so much potential with this character, and I so know much why. Much. I because, like, as soon as I saw this, I was like, I fucking love Hellboy, I love Hellboy, I want more Hellboy, I want more of this. But, like, they just really did the most vanilla version of like the safest version. And Ron Perlman is great in this role, Ron Perlman's fantastic, he's so good like
0: <laughs> it really does feel like and i will say i love the del toro stuff i like the monsters i like the visuals it is a writing issue it really is a story development issue with i like why are they on this journey why what 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 is there to learn what is he, what is Hellboy going to learn to fall in love that's no what stop mm-hmm. And what is what is uh, Selma? What is Selma Blair learning? What is she getting from this? Nothing, because she's not a person; she's an object. Again, mm-hmm. this movie hates women. We've established. Who else is there? Like the nobody's audience surrogate character who was not even in the film. <laughs> like, Abraham Sapien,
1: who is so fucking and, so fucking cool, but like Sapien is literally so is taken out sick. right away. Doug Jones, yes. I love uh, Doug Jones. Is just so fucking cool. Oh, iconic. Like, yeah, his
0: character is so interesting. They did the right, like made the right choices with him. His powers are like based in empathy and kindness and truth and justice and he's like this super intelligent, very careful, intentional, um also kind of charismatic and flirty and like kind of silly but also in like a chemistry teacher kind of way. He's the coolest.
1: Also so fucking patient with like Hellboy and and with all these, he's just like, cool, I get you, like, do your thing. I'll be here when you're, when you're done. (laughs) And
0: I get, and I get that there is an intention with the dichotomy of these two characters where Ape Sapien is this smart, intelligent, compassionate, soft, uh, emotional, cool character. So we have to make Hellboy the opposite because Mm -hmm. then they're a nice duo. They're a nice Duality of all things, the balance of the scales. But you can still have Ape Sapien as is and deconstruct, like, because Ape Sapien, his character is interesting and what they do with it is interesting and the way, apart from pulling him out of the movie very early, is interesting. I like what they had to say with his character. So they can do it. It just bothers me that, like, they did not get, like, Hellboy is just fucking... It's so boring boy.
1: It's so silly that this movie like is like really starting, like trying to be like make good choices people like from the very beginning and the very end. It's like the moral of the story was you choose how it ends. You make choices. And it's like, yes, you do. Why did you choose this? Like why?
0: (laughs) Also, that whole soliloquy of like what makes a man a man? I'm like, you don't deserve this. Like this is the most boring (laughs) version of this because you did not. Analyze masculinity at all when Mm-mm. it's literally right fucking there. It's on a plate. You have to eat it. Oh, but you you said, know, there's I mean, no food here.
1: A man is not a Nazi. We've established like, I mean, there's Nazis in the movie. So I mean he's not a Nazi, so the he's the bar.
0: A man. The bar could not have been lower for like <laughs> him to be so triumphant and justified in in this excelling of the slaying of the monster and the saving of the world. He thinks he's so justified, and it's like, what makes a man a man? The bar could not have been lower, which makes this a very male story. It makes it a very masculine story, and a very male-centric story, because... That is the world we live in.
1: <laughs> well, and when you look at like the the BPRD in general, right, at least in the yeah. the portrayal of this film, right, like their whole motto is in the absence of light, darkness prevails. Right. So they're like holding themselves on this fucking high ass pedestal right away. And you're like, OK. Um, and then like they're like, we're the things that bump, go bump back or what bump the back. says. The yeah. things that go
0: bump in the night, we bump back. <laughs> you're like, OK, yes. cool. I love that.
1: Um, but at the same time, like, they're just fucking racist to, like, all of the, like, you know, the supernatural people that are, like, helping them. They're, like, literally say, like, you are going to be killed once you have killed all of these monsters for us. You fucking trash. Like, you it's, fish. They call ape fish stick. I was so pissed. I was a, so mad.
0: It's a really. It's one of those things. I love their fucked up relationship of, like. They're helping, but ultimately going to be killed. Like iconic, yeah, so interesting. But it's handled with with no care.
1: It's like, like ham fisted, big... which I don't like. And like <sighs> then, yeah. like you know, they're trying to show like once Broom dies, that like the the leader, right? He's all like, "Stop! No, you listen to me. I hate you. I'm in charge, right?" I'm and in it's charge like, now. It's like wait a second. Like there was just no nuance to that, right? Um, and I I feel like. That's why I hated it so much because, I mean, like, it's great for this narrative, especially where, you know, I mean, that is ultimately the truth. I mean, whether or not they say it, that is the truth, right? He, like, those, like, Hellboy and Abe uh, will never, ever be allowed autonomy. They will never be allowed to, like, see the light of day. So, of course, like... It was just, it was too, like. It was too,
0: it was too basic. It was basic. Yeah. It's a basic ass story. And First it's,
1: pass. It was first pass.
0: It's first thought.
1: And I'm like, y'all.
0: Either way, you know what? Hey, live it up. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did also want to bring up that I thought was really funny, uh, and maybe a bit messy, I want to kind of get into it. At the end, when, um, I forget what character screams, remember who you are. And, like, throws the necklace at him.
1: Oh, that's the, the boring rosary. one. That's why you forgot who it was. The, 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 it was The one Myers. who's not in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Myers.
0: <laughs> when he did that, he's like, remember who you are? And he throws the rosary. And I'm like, what, is he a Catholic? I, like, <laughs> that's and initially, like, don't forget who you are and throws that. I'm like, so he's Catholic? Like, what's the deal? And then I'm like, oh, no, because his dad gave it to him. That's the point. That's the whole but thing. But he's don't a Catholic religion. demon. Father. Like, that would be it would be also an interesting dichotomy but then also i was thinking i know that this probably isn't it but because that wasn't clear and it was a little confusing i'm like oh don't forget who your father is because you're the son and you're also the savior the son of this the savior Mm -hmm. father lineage christ all that and I was like, if they were trying to do something like that that's so boring
1: oh they absolutely were because like also <laughs> so when you look at boring. like right away um the, one of the first scenes in the movie where the soldier where the scientist gives oh, yes. um, gives the soldier a, a crucifix and the soldier gives the scientist a gun like I mean they were really really going for this you know what
0: you're right it was it was yeah it's and it's boring i I thought it was like Hellboy's cool. Hell is sick. God's not real. Party. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, well, it was just they, a they really boring... They like
1: all of these lines too. Like, oh, um, like Rasputin, right? Who's like, I mean, a big narrative in this or one that they tried to push that I feel like could have been, again, done better with more nuance was like the duality of the daddies, <laughs> the daddy duality. Yes. Because we have Broom who is like, you know, so it's like nature versus nurture, right? So like technically Rasputin birthed Hellboy, right, brought him into this world. So he's like the nature part, right? And then Broom like nurtured him and brought him up and was actually like, you know, the father that was there for him and all of that. So like we have that whole narrative where like Rasputin like literally says, I'm your daddy. (laughs) And he... He says, like, your gods choose to stay silent. A mind live in me. Every time I die, I get more from him. And then it's like, oh, you want to know his name? I call him son. Like, I don't know. There was like this whole um there's this whole thing where they were trying to say all of that and I was like,
0: Yeah, okay. it was a, it was a little too uh veggie tales for my liking.
1: It was a little too Prometheus for me. It was a
0: little too Prometheus. It was a a, bit yeah.
1: Prometheus. It,
0: it's, it's a little New Testament. It's a little too New Testament.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, come on, the cross is what grounds fucking Hellboy. Like, <laughs> um,
0: Jess, yes, I was so mad. The, it was okay. It's, no, okay, so it was in this one where he grabs it and then it like burns into his hand. Uh huh. I was so mad. I hate it. I hate this. And maybe maybe I blocked it out because I'm like, were they really trying to say that? Like, of course they were trying to say that. It's so boring. Like, I know he's Hellboy, and he's technically a demon, and I know that, like, demon is sort of uh, Judeo-Christian lore, and, like, it's encompassing, especially in a westernized version of this. But how boring.
1: It's also weird because, like... If you're going with, like, that Christianity vibe thing, like, how can you have other gods? Because, like, yeah. you know, like, um, God is supposed to be the one true only God. I mean, I guess. In this, yeah. But, like, it's, like, seven gods versus the one God. And, like, the one God doesn't even have to show up because you have faith. Like, it's, it's a whole thing. It's
0: messy. But you know Come what was on. really
1: cool? Was that huh. fucking mechanical assassin, though. I... Yeah. he's so cool so he's really sick every time he was on screen i was just like holy shit holy shit this is so cool and then like him like cranking himself up and then making himself die i was just like i love this character so cool so interesting
0: it's a very sinister idea for a character to have mechanized himself uh Mm -hmm. to the point where like he technically can't die
1: (laughs) yeah like
0: he's already dead what a insidious character choice. Yeah. I thought and he was a really good character.
1: He's also like they, they make a point to mention that he was addicted to surgery, which like I feel like that's also like uh, you're desecrating the body that God gave you or like your, your natural body. Right. Yes. Um. <laughs> that's correct. And
0: I hate that. That's right. Um, that is so that's literally why that is the character. Jess. I, I hate know. that. I know. That's literally and it. See, That's why he's the desecration. Jess, this movie is VeggieTales. Veggie this movie is VeggieTales.
1: talk
0: about it. <laughs> no. This movie is VeggieTales. I know. I don't <laughs> like that this movie is VeggieTales. Oh, no. I'm liking it less and less. This movie is VeggieTales. <laughs> That sucks. That really sucks.
1: Okay, but look, all of these characters are fucking awesome and super kick-ass the and characters are so like, cool. The world is really cool and I love that. I feel like yeah. um there was just such a disconnect between like connecting all of those together and uh and knowing what you wanted to say with this yes. movie. So I
0: completely agree with you. The characters still fuck so hard. They're still so cool and nuanced. And there is still literally, they're such well-written characters as just by themselves outside of a narrative. You could do so much more. And you know what? This is perfect because I am so upset with the way that they treated these characters in the next one, because there's so much opportunity to say so much more. There's so much good opportunity. Give this story to any non cis het white person, and they will write you a story that is twenty times better than this.
1: I feel like that is absolutely correct, and I feel like this was like one of the movies where like Blade and this and like a a couple other things for people because those are all like comic books, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And like Spider Man kind of came out around this time and everything. So I feel like this was one of the movies where it's like oh. Superheroes can be a thing, and they can be taken. Su- but like they, you know, they didn't really know what to do with superheroes yet. They didn't know who the audience was for, and yeah. like they didn't know how to present it. So I feel like a lot of it was just shooting in the dark.
0: That's fair. That's true too. Yeah, it's like it's big. They Spider-Man, were always, like a little bit big... silly. Yeah, like, it's fantastic. Spider Man One in this vibes. Era. It's Fantastic Four vibes. Yeah. Um,
1: X Men was in this. I feel like X Men were the only ones that were like always doing pretty good um they were
0: the leader for sure
1: yeah but like in terms of like this it was like especially for being um for being a comic book that's like from a smaller publisher right because like i mean like dark horse isn't a super small publisher but they're not marvel or dc right yes exactly. um i love dark horse they they also do like the buffy comics and stuff like that too but yeah so i i feel like this is one of the films where like they pointed to like and you know like again displayed all of that and we're like Superhero movies can be a thing, right? Yeah. They could be a thing. Like, yeah. I mean, this could be a thing. And then four years later, Iron Man came out. So. Yeah.
0: I mean, it is it is inarguably one of the movies that did the groundwork to establish what the MCU built. And the fact that comic book movies are present day the leader in worldwide cinema, pretty much. Um, so it did it did the work. But you're right, it is a bunch of shots in the dark. It did not know what it was trying to do or what it wanted to be or how to present this, like, wacky, out-of-nowhere story that, again, is well-written with really great character development. But how do you do that in an hour and 45 while introducing these characters, this world, this lore – it's a lot of work. And I
1: feel like the the plot just um, like a lot of like the conflict with like the monster and stuff went really fucking fast. Like, I don't know. It was also really was, oddly paced. It was um, weirdly
0: paced. And here's my problem is they spent three fucking hours on the dumb nonsensical romance.
1: On the love triangle, of course. For
0: what reason? How long do we have to watch him sneaking on that rooftop? While she's uh, somewhat blairs on the the bench with some strange invisible man, like how long do we have to spend in this scene? It's like thirty minutes. I'm like, I don't care about this. Come on, come on. I don't know. Whatever. I have nothing else to say about this movie. Let's do
1: the next one.
0: Okay, let's do it because there's a lot.
1: During the Dark Ages, Immortal Blood Queen Vivian Nimue was about to conquer the world when she was suddenly cut down by King Arthur with the legendary sword Excalibur. Since she couldn't be killed, Arthur chopped her up into several pieces and had her remains sealed and scattered across England in hopes she would never be made whole again. Flash forward to present day, and we find a fully grown hellboy on the streets of Mexico following a lead on a friend who disappeared. Sadly, his friend is now a vampire, and he kills him. Back at the BPRD, his daddy Broom, who happens to be the leader of the BPRD, sends him on another mission, which also ends badly as the Osiris Club, who he was supposed to help, tries to kill him because they're awful and racist. Oh yeah, before they die, they tell Hellboy his daddy was supposed to kill him years ago too. As family drama ensues, a weird pig fairy who also hates Hellboy goes to a witch named Baba Yaga for help, and the two quickly hatch a plan to bring back the dreaded Nimue.
0: Word of his plan travels back to BPRD, who decide to take action and enlist the help of Alice, a spirit medium who Hellboy saved as a baby and Agent M11 to gather the pieces of Nimue before they fall into the wrong hands. Oh, and Agent M11 also happens to be mean and racist, so there's that. The team try to track down the Nimue bits, but are too late and she poisons Alice. So they go to Merlin, yes, that Merlin, for help. He heals Alice and offers Hellboy Excalibur, but he doesn't take it because he has a vision of himself turning bad as, like, the king of hell or whatever. Merlin gets so mad, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> the Just, gang. <laughs>
1: Merlin gets so mad that he dies. That's <laughs> such
0: a weird fucking movie. It's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm sorry I, it's, I mean it's true this, is, li- this is literally what happens it's so silly <laughs> the gang sets off to face Nimue but she's in love with Hellboy and kills his dad so he'll be with her her plan fails when Alice uses her powers to let spirit daddy speak to Hellboy through her Hellboy then chops off Nimue's head and sends it to you guessed it hell, hell. oh and M11 was a demon this whole time too everybody hates themselves and each other the end um, I love it. I literally, <laughs> what a weird, messy, no plot, all plot movie. Yeah.
1: Like, um, right away, I was like, "Oh, fucking cool." We're here. Here's Mila. We love, and she's yes. like, and she's the big bad. Love this. We love a, a blood witch, right? I'm, I'm here for this. And then she gets cut down right away. And so I'm like, oh, fine. My first okay, personal- We have a good bad.
0: We have a really evil, sick, talented, super duper strong blood witch. She's iconic. Again, Mila Jovovich. She's literally perfect. I'm obsessed with her. Everything she's ever been in, she can do no wrong in my eyes. Obviously, that's not true, but she's amazing.
1: I mean. (sighs) She's
0: she's so sick. She's so cool and she's so talented. Um, What a fucking silly movie. That first scene, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. And then they just like straight up cut her into pieces. And I was like, oh, no. Wait, no, what are we doing? Like, I get for the effect of, like, this story, We there's, sure, sure, we're not really doing a good job at setting a precedent for, like, feminism or, like, the conversation of violence against women when, in the first 30 seconds, we watch this powerful woman get disemboweled because she's too powerful. Uh, it's, and... a, it's a weird opener. It's, a, it's too hard of an opener. Like, it's too hard.
1: Well, and really, I mean, that is kind of driven home when you understand what she's about. Like, cause she, yeah. this is a case where she has really fucking good points, right? Where she... Um, I mean, Hellboy's already thinking all of this, and all she has to say is, like, they call us monsters. Um, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, what the fuck? And then she's like, we just don't want to be, like, cast out as soon as we're birthed, right? We just want to exist. We don't want to, like, starve to death. Uh, we... I want the forgotten people out of the dark. Like, and it's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, these people, these entities are still here. And she calls them people, right? Because that's how she sees them. She doesn't see them as monsters. I mean, like, sure, she's, like, bad and stuff, but she's bad, why? Because she's killing humans who have, like, persecuted her and her kind this whole time. Like, and she, like asks Hellboy she's like why do you fight for those that fear and hate you like and that's what i've been asking this whole time right but like the last one they did it much better than this one like that that whole conversation right but she's also like for all of her power and everything right when she sees hellboy like she fucking bows to him <laughs> like once he has a crown for all of this fucking power that she has and she relinquishes all of that power and she's like she acts like she has none like she she didn't get to do anything fucking cool. And I was like, what the fuck? Right? Like this, this does not, this is not the blood queen that I love. Like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? And
0: it's, it's a weird movie. And again, this, it's like this scene is a great example, but then like literally everything else. What is this movie? Like, okay. Who are these characters and why are they always changing in ways that a are inorganic, but B don't really make sense. Also, why are several of these characters even here?
1: And why do you establish this narrative for a character or these, these kind of powers for a character? And either one, don't let allow them to use it or two, just forget that they exist, forget how their powers work. Like, let's continue on, though, real quick with uh, Vivian, because like... I feel like you're you're so right and I didn't even realize it wow because I was just like oh my god like so in love with Mila and I'm like yes please yes queen yes yes yeah she's um, great. but like this movie literally from the beginning is telling you how it's going to treat women right it's telling it's you it. like powerful big women are are bad right. Also, like, we know that she's bad because she gets more revealing as she gets put together. She's more sexy the more evil she is and the less clothing that she has. Another trip that we love.
0: Literally love demonizing female sexuality or feminized or feminine sexuality. Love that.
1: And then (laughs) think about all of the women in this movie. Uh, Um, Yeah. Every woman that we see is either blind or... Or has supernatural sight so the three women that like get speaking lines i guess um or even like baba yaga i guess so vivian she has supernatural sight all of this alice is like this super fucking powerful spirit medium and the same with the woman from the osiris club right which like okay um bringing a spirit back to life like that looks fucking awful and horrifying and disgusting But anyways, the the women that help put Vivian back together, like um, Nimue, I guess everybody calls her Nimue, like they have no eyes. (laughs) They have no eyes. They're not allowed to see. So women aren't allowed to see in this universe unless like they have like some supernatural sight. And even then like the Osiris Club one died. It didn't help her at all. And they go out of their way so many times in this movie to make Alice lesser than and to make sure that you know that she's not cut out for this and that she's like not only bad at being a hero, but she's bad at being like just a homemaker <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> where she like burns the food or like they're running and like, you know, they have to stop Nimue for getting the blood from the tree. And she's like, look, I can't run. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? <sighs> um, and then like we go over to like Baba Yaga where like, talking about this sexualization right that bitch has like no fucking clothes on basically right and she is just grotesque and disgusting also a witch and um her titties are out the whole time and it's supposed they, to be gross and disgusting oh. and even when she kisses hellboy right like the way that that is like i'm just like this you are absolutely demonizing female sexuality
0: it's demonizing female sexuality on top of like and
1: female it's, feminine bodies like it's-
0: Feminine bodies, but also it's like this weird. I mean, it's it is it is the prototypical like ableism horror that we discuss about like n- what what would be considered not like acceptable bodies, and the 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 non acceptance part of that is what is scary and what is horrifying and what we should be fearing. So it's like that coupled with like her being old and disgusting and grotesque, and then her being a sexual feminine person, like all of these things are supposed to be what make her scary and nasty and the one thing that is arguably disgusting about the character is that she eats children which yeah but let's lead with that being the horror and not like and not this, her hairy
1: tongue and yeah and not
0: <laughs> this like ableist misogynist ageist picture of of what mm-hmm. of what like literally like Apart from those things that dictate and tell us we should be afraid, the only thing in this that is scary is that she eats kids. Okay, she eats kids. That should be good enough. Be a better storyteller and we don't than even... to just rely on like this, these shitty and, and uh, toxic tropes.
1: And like she has this big plan to bring Nimue back and that's like, oh my God, I'm going to do it. Right. And she's like, I have my yeah. own reasons, but we never get to know her reasons. Like they just kind of forget about her. Did yeah. you also notice that? Like, they really do. It's it, but,
0: but but I mean that feeds into the like I feel like this movie gives up on itself halfway through, and then suddenly it's Truly. a different movie, and we're like, oh, I don't know when it switched, but I guess we're doing this now, and then it ends. Like the and also the big fight scene, which these monsters, these hell monsters, give me fucking more. They were so scary. Also, so nasty. So, like, sexualized, kind of.
1: Like, one of them totally looked like, I mean, very phallic. Another one looked like somebody put a camera down somebody's pants and was like, here you go.
0: Yes. They were very So, again,
1: demonization of sexuality,
0: sex organs, and sexuality. Yeah, which is goofy. And, like, what is that? Again, what are we trying to say with this? But at least them, they were scary. And nasty and cool and like the big yeah the big one walking and like people are just impaled as like a spear on the legs I was like that's fucked up that's cool and then like people just getting ripped apart I was like oh my god like here's the movie mm-hmm. why was Merlin here what the fuck is Excalibur have to do with this shit what was the Osiris Club about why like
1: the Osiris Club that really felt that, that felt just like a felt different gross. movie. It did. And I was like, okay, why is this happening? Why are we here? And Cause also,
0: that felt like a totally different film because the trolls, or not the trolls, the. It felt like Lord the, of the Rings. The, <laughs> yeah. The Giants, that movie felt like a miniature movie inside of this bigger arc because the Osiris Club, that double cross, that's the turn of like the second act. And that had fucking nothing
1: to do with the plot at all. And it it was another 30 minutes of like, we're establishing all of this. Okay. And I guess like they wanted to show like that the dad was supposed to kill him, but like there's a million other ways that you could have done that. We did not. I didn't need any of this. I like it was so boring and it was also like you think that we need your help. You just need to show that people hate monsters and that people are racist. You've already done that literally with everybody else in this and even with the dad like Broom in this is just a fucking asshole that like, okay. here's
0: here's also check this out. Here's the thing. If this movie wanted to okay, I took I'm taking the mic stand off. I'm taking the mic off the mic stand just for the listeners because I need you to know that I'm serious. I'm, He's also, um,
1: he just stood up on his soapbox, so. Yes. Okay. So
0: everyone, everyone needs to listen. Give it to us. If this movie is so committed to having bits of modern technology, i.e., is that my Uber, how'd you find me, you're on Twitter, these moments of, like, fun pop cultural timestamps for, like, what this movie is and when it's happening... All you had to fucking do to establish that his dad intended to kill him at some point, email, old text, something on a phone, something on a laptop, something easy. Who the fuck is the Osiris Club? Why are there giants? That means nothing. It adds nothing to this film. Because That's such a good again, point. the bad guy is Mila Yovovich. She's in the beginning. We've established this. She's the bad guy. Lovely. Let's stick with the bad guy. Why? Who the fuck is the Osiris Club? Why are they now bad? They don't work for a meal. There's no tie-in. It just happens. And then suddenly he's like, you tried to kill me? Or these people, whatever, tried to kill me on your behalf? Literally open a laptop, you see something you shouldn't have seen. Or you open a piece of mail or something. You wasted 30 minutes of a movie for no reason.
1: Like, I didn't need to see a bunch of stuffy old white dudes and the and one black woman in the shitty props and shitty
0: costumes? Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, and I didn't I didn't need to see them be like, oh, look at we have giant's heads on our thing, and we have this, and we have all of these things. Like, I don't need to see that, and I don't need to know, like, they're talking about their influence over, like, governments and stuff like that, and I don't fucking need that. No, um, and, and to me,
0: like, if you're going to do that, that's fine, but then make that the movie. Make because, that the movie. <laughs>
1: like, also they're trying to say, like, oh, well, we go way back with your dad, and blah, 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 but then when when broom finds out about their deaths he is not phased at all and this is a problem that i had with um with broom was he could not show any emotion whatsoever like the the in the last film broom was just so warm and so like so there right and in this one he could not be any different any more different he was so cold he was so removed where like his good friends dying like didn't matter when he comes back from death like he is just like talking down to Hellboy, where he's like he literally says stop being a whiny little shit she's just bitching grow a pair and be you and i was like what the fuck and then he goes keeps going on and he's like shut up and listen to me i try to be this best father i could be how was i supposed to know how to be a dad i'm a killer like and i'm just like what the fuck and he's like, but being your dad was the best decision I ever made. And I'm like, and here's what the, the thing. fuck,
0: What the I'm actual fuck? I'm so tired. I'm so, Jess, I'm so tired of stories by straight guys with daddy issues. Like, if you're going to give me a daddy issue story, at least make them gay or queer. Because why are we still, uh, uh, like, objectively exalting this toxic masculine dad who hates it. It's like, I don't care that I hit you and I hate you and you your dumb little piece of shit. Being your dad was my favorite fucking thing. It's like, you don't get that. This is the most no. boring thing. Like,
1: He like ate like Hellboy literally calls Mm. him out for like saying like, dad, you gave me a gun like you and he's like, "Okay, we didn't play board games together, but like I taught you what I know and how to defend yourself. And it's like, no, you didn't want to be a dad. You didn't try to be a fucking dad. You just tried to like mold somebody in your image. Like this this has nothing to do with love, care, affection, any of that. Even when you die and you come back from the dead like and you see your son about to destroy humanity, you don't give a shit about humanity. Like you're not trying to stop him. You don't give a shit about like him as a person. You don't care that you just died. You're so indifferent towards everything that like you just your first thing, the first thing out of your fucking mouth is gonna be stop being a whiny little shit grow a pair. And, Fuck you.
0: And I would be so much more interested in this, like, cause this this dynamic, this character is real. There are many dads like this. It's great tension. Love it. You have to pay it off. You have to pay it off. With this character who we're supposed to inevitably forgive. Because if we're if we're through the eyes of Hellboy Hellboy, if we're <laughs> looking through the eyes of Hellboy, he has to do something or say something that is so good and correct and right and lovely that we're like okay you know what you're not perfect it's like, oh
1: you know what you know what but you're not i'm perfect, not either but i literally and what that does either. is that gives a pass to anybody else that's watching because it's like you know what they fuck up i fuck up i just know that's gonna happen and you know what like it's and in, okay and in this and movie like that
0: In this movie, they doubled down instead of giving him the one moment of like salvation. He still said, hey, I love being your dad, even though I was technically the best killer in the world in his like death soliloquy. He's reminding Hellboy that like he is a killer and he loves killing. And Hellboy was a nuisance to his life because it stopped him from killing or being the best killer. But you were a good son and I love you, I guess what
1: and he never what? he never asks about anybody else like his son no. comes in and like and they they really harp on in the last one like it wasn't Ugh. as heavy-handed um which i think worked better Ugh. but in this one it's like dad shut up dad no i'm not gonna yeah. tell you where i'm at dad oh my god dad like and your yeah. it, it was so jarring i was like okay but like whenever he sees his dad his dad doesn't like actually ask about him he's like okay we're gonna get to work he's like okay cool your friends are dead and uh they tried to kill me he's like yeah yeah yeah. okay but like this though and he's like fucking cool but you know what i should have known i should have known because the first thing that we see this fucking character say is a super racist thing where he says that his grandpa he's like you know what my grandpa said separated men from the philistines and i was like oh my god god and it was literally like shaving so like saying like oh well they're animals and it was like this is fucking gross and he's like well he's an asshole but he taught me how to shave and it's like oh so he's saying that he's better than his dad before him so this is just cyclical abuse and this is like giving him a pass because he's not as bad as he was
0: and it's that's not enough it's literally not enough to get us to care why do we care why do i care y'all are bad everyone's bad every person (laughs) here is bad why do I give a shit about your daddy loving you? Like, Mm-mm. I don't. He sucks. He can, he should be dead. He's a bad man.
1: Also. I don't also, care about you. <laughs>
0: like, I don't care. Oh, God damn it. Let's go to the daddy
1: <laughs> story for this one. Let's yeah. go, let's, let's, who is the nurture daddy? The I'm sorry, the nature daddy for this one? It's the devil himself. Because the King Arthur tie-in pays off, supposedly. Oh my god. Oh my because god. Oh my god. Hellboy <laughs> is actually like uh a, a spawn of the last descendant of King Arthur who was brought down to fuck uh fuck Satan and like says like it was awful. Like like they they say like she screamed it was terrible, it did not like this. Like it was very clear but she gets impregnated, so he's literally the son of the devil and King Arthur, right? And I'm like, okay, it's, like it's, that's this is how we treat mothers. We yeah. treat mothers like this, and it doesn't. The mother doesn't like. <gasps> I'm the mother's name doesn't matter because she was a descendant of King Arthur. Like, so we're again placing Erasing male her importance. History. Yes, yeah.
0: and I mean. This is, if we're giving that subplot any weight or any, any like validation, even within that messy and bad, but surface, what the fuck is this? Is that what is this subplot? It is such a weird, like, I'm, I'm fully convinced that this was two movies that they just decided to merge into one because check this out merlin and excalibur would work perfect with giants and trolls and the osiris club and the hunting of them it's as if that movie with excalibur and merlin with the trolls and giants and the osiris club hellboy goes back in time to a different age and that's the hellboy movie the back in time hellboy movie There encapsulated then we have blood witch daddy issue everything else that's a whole separate movie. These are two different movies. They're so, they're two different movies that they just smushed together and haphazardly. I reckon,
1: yeah, I recognize that like this is a, a a thing where like I mean the writer for the comics like that created Hellboy and stuff like that uh did help write this film and I think that this is just a case where where the mediums are so different from the original sub from the original text. Right. So yeah. it is a different way of storytelling. And I don't feel like that was adapted as well in this movie. No. Um, Cause I mean, you can tell like the beats where it's like, okay, this is the end of, of this issue. And this is the end of this, like, and this is where like, there were very clear, um, clear beats like that. Right. And so I understand all of that. And you know what? I fucking love I love a historical tie-in. I love a historical mythological science fiction tie-in. Like, cool. Yes. He is this descendant of King Arthur and the devil. That's fucking cool. Oh, my God. We're meeting Merlin. Wow. This is so great. Like, just I fucking eat that shit up so hard. But in this one, it just felt so disjointed that I just I it felt more distracting than anything. I honestly forgot that they when I was writing the synopsis, uh, I forgot that they went to go visit Merlin and I was like oh yeah that happened <laughs> like I, I and I don't understand why he was alive at, for all of those years and then suddenly he just died like I mean oh I used all the rest of my magic and it's like wait you could have used all of your magic on like I don't know a big ass beast or or anything and you decided not to like also... you like, wanted to, be... to die like not to
0: not to be a dick but like couldn't you have used your magic to, like, open the big rock?
1: I mean, couldn't you?
0: I don't want to be, like, an asshole, but, like, couldn't you have, like, used your magic to open the fucking big rock? Like, (laughs) did you have to lay here for hundreds of years? I don't know. And I 100% agree with you. Those beats about, like, that felt like end of of acts. Like, it felt like this was, like, a five-act film. Like, there were a lot Mm -hmm. of those moments. I wish that this movie was allowed more time or more parts um, or maybe even like splicing a rearranging of, two of separate parts films, possibly yeah. or yeah. rearranging of parts because I do think base level I liked a lot of the characters Um, similarly to the first one I think Mila Jovovich's character iconic I think David Harbour was an okay Hellboy not the best but like I just like Ron kind of,
1: Perlman too much
0: yeah Ron Perlman was fantastic but his stuff was pretty cool. Um, what was the niece, the friend?
1: Alice. And I think that Alice. that's the love interest. Let me Google that.
0: Was she technically the love interest? Ew. Okay, well, Alice Alice was cool. I love her story with uh, Switched at Birth, arguably, with the fairies. Interesting, neat. Um, especially as a conversation about class and about otherness and about non-human degradation. Um, how this, this like pig creature just wanted a regular life, right? It was just like, I almost had it. I almost had a life where I could, I could love and live and exist. And I, I didn't have th- to be a part of this like servitude and I didn't have to do all this nasty stuff. Tell me that story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm way on board with that.
0: Yeah. It's it, why, why, why not? And so there were, with the, again, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. I just, it seemed like way too much for way too little time to make it happen. Um, I do wanna shout out quickly. Okay. I
1: don't think she sorry, I don't think she was a love interest in the okay. movie, but I think that I think in the comics she was a love she interest. Is.
0: Okay, cool, cause that would have been silly. Um, I do wanna shout out quickly. So I don't wanna like get too down on this, but I do wanna recognize that this screenplay was nominated for a single award uh, and it was at the golden raspberries otherwise known as the razzies oh, uh, no. i know unfortunately this was nominated as worst screenplay <laughs> uh, for hellboy because also the writer of this is one of the founders of boom studios
1: um, i think it's dark well i mean Hellboy is from Dark Horse.
0: Hellboy is Dark Horse, but Andrew Cosby, who is the accredited screenwriter for this film, he himself is one of the founders of uh, Boom Studios. It looks like they've done comic books for the Muppets, Pixar, Donald Duck, 20 Days Later. They've done like a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're a very relatively prestigious studio. They're well known. They're, you know, I think that's awesome. It does, because it does seem, uh, I don't want to like talk shit, but like, if this had more time or whatever, like it's just, it isn't it as in this iteration, it's not a good story. Unfortunate. Um I do think that maybe these people are capable of much better given this history, this exemplary like accomplishments. Wow. How cool.
1: Okay. You know what? I think I was incorrect. I thought Mike McNola worked on this. Um, Did he not? Yeah. I, I saw it somewhere earlier where it's like he worked on it, but it's based on, hellboy based on the characters it's so based, andrew cosby is the one that he's is the one that yeah. wrote it solely
0: yeah andrew cosby and then neil okay. marshall was the i apologize
1: yeah. i'm full of shit <laughs> damn where did <laughs> no, i find that because i like i saw that and i was like oh no like i I mean i could, I could
0: also <laughs> i could also see there being like with andrew cosby and boom studios being like oh yeah he like he owns a studio or he works there or like i can see that being something
1: When Alice asks M-11 if he was molested by a monster as a kid or something, like, basically, I was just like, oh, my God, did you really just go there? Like, are we trying to go there? Like, this is supposed to be funny. Like, we haven't even gotten to M-11. We haven't even gotten to Ben.
0: Yeah. It was such an out of care. Because that's when they're in the van. Like, she's sitting in a backseat kind of backwards, and he's in the passenger seat. And she's like, what's your deal? Why are you like this? Did he like touch you as a kid and you're like, Hey, um, again, supposed to be a comedic beat. Uh, actually not very funny. Surprisingly. (laughs) Um, what is this script? Who is writing this? Like, I don't know. And, um, speaking of his character, I did want to bring this up. I talked to Jess about this, uh, off pod, but this is such a good example of the right thing to do. So this is Daniel A. Kim, who is incredible and we love. He he was fantastic as M11 is the character name, right?
1: He's he's great in everything I've seen him in. But yeah, he's M11.
0: So initially when they cast this movie, the original actor to play this character was named Ed Screen. And after learning that the character that he was performing was written as Asian or of Asian descent, he was like, why did you guys cast me? This isn't my role. This role isn't for me. I'm not going to be complicit in you whitewashing this story. I'm out. And he bailed. He said, "Fuck this." And I love. I don't want to do this. That's so I've good. learned something new. I don't care. This isn't my role. I'm not going to be complicit in your racism. I'm out. And then yeah. Daniel Day took the role. I think that's cool. That's like it's literally the the easiest, the right thing. It's like what should people should be doing. Instead of just being like, well, there's nothing I can do, I was cast. There is something you could do, and you cannot do it. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can literally leave. You can say, no, thank you. I've learned something, and I'm not going to be complicit in this behavior. Goodbye.
1: I love that. Yeah. That's I also so love good.
0: That. It's really cool. Like, what a good thing to do. What, what, a, it's the right thing to do. It's the only thing to do. It's the only thing that white people should be doing in these instances. And it sucks that this is such an outlier that like, this is such a like, wow, amazing. Can you believe it? It's like, it sucks that that is so radical. Um, Cause it shouldn't be, it should be commonplace. Yeah. It should be such a mundane, regular. Yeah. That is the correct thing to do. Leave and let somebody else do
1: it. I mean, in a perfect world, that wouldn't even, that situation it would, wouldn't, it wouldn't even
0: happen. Yeah. But, but in, in a, in a world that is governed by these systems of racism, as white people Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that's that should not even be a question that should be the most commonplace regular decision to be made anyways i just wanted to bring it up because eric told me about it today and i was like that is something i didn't know and i think it's really cool also i did just learn right now that david harbour is married to lily allen i did not know this oh i know right is that crazy is that like let's wild i need to make sure yeah, they got married in 2020. How fun, Lily Allen, Lily Allen and David Harbour. How silly! What a silly couple.
1: An odd pairing.
0: An odd pairing. Cheerio. It's a bit of a couple. It's it, it's a bit silly. It's silly. It's a bit silly. Um, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Okay, Eric. Yes. Who the hell did you think that this 2004 Hellboy movie was for?
0: Iconic. Um, I thought, ooh, I was going to burp right there. Oh, there it is. Oh, my God. Doesn't yes. that just feel so good when, like, that you felt, just, like, oh. Yeah. It was, like, coming, and I knew that, like, it wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Who was it for? I can tell you who I wish it was for. Mm-hmm. I wish it was for Selma Blair. I wish they had given her the chance to shine in the way that she knows she can and we know she can. And I wish that they had given her character the autonomy she deserved. I wish it was for Selma Blair. It wasn't. I think it was for somebody else. (laughs) 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 Who did you think it was for?
1: Okay. Bit of a stretch here. But we did talk a lot about how this movie is Tales. So.
0: Stop.
1: So now, do you remember being like the, you know, little Christian kid and yeah. being too old for veggie Tales, and then kind of being in like a rebellious phase where you're like, look, I know that you think Harry Potter is the devil and all of this stuff is the devil, which I mean, right. But um, I mean, it's not all bad, right? And then you see this and you're like, see mom, see dad, this is about how good god is and how uh so it's like you graduate from veggie tales like as like a kid to like angsty teen like well
0: i i'm gonna i'm gonna say something wild okay. here are you saying it's for fans of fly and Underoath?
1: <gasps> yes
0: because I feel like that's the natural step in oh the, god, I the angsty about teen Under Earth Christian. Is so
1: fucking, wait, is Underworld Christian?
0: Oh my god, super hard. They were tooth oh and nail. God, they were so Spirit much West Coast. Sense why
1: my ex boyfriend loved them so much? Yeah, they were.
0: They oh. were one of. The, they were one of the more subtle Christian god, bands, but fucking, they were technically a Christian god, band.
1: Gross. Fuck. Isn't that silly? I know. I know.
0: Underworld and Flyleaf. Yeah, that's. Because I feel like that's yeah, the natural that's it, progression that's it. for like the Yeah, so yeah,
1: I, wow, you, know what? you nailed it, thank you it. You like I, I you too took thin- what I was saying it. and you just like I couldn't get there, but you got me there Thank, thank, you, thank you so much,
0: it was a team effort We really got there together, Truly, I wouldn't have been anywhere without your help That's who it was for Yeah, yeah, absolutely Success. Did you like 100%. it? Um, eh, It's fine It was really fine I don't care Enough about it to like Like it, but I also don't not like it do you know what i'm saying like i feel like i'm right in the sweet spot of it was meh it was big big old meh big old middle ground not bad not good Mm -hmm. what do you think did you like it
1: so I wanted to love it because the first time I saw this, I loved this so much because I yeah. uh, I loved Hellboy just being this like big old oaf who just loves cats, who's like reads comics and just like whatever. I loved the fight scene with the kittens. I loved like a lot of the characters. I love again. I just want to hang out in Broom's like office or whatever the fuck. Like yeah. I loved all of that. And it was just like, boom, like take me here. Get me here. But on this watch. I'm also kind of like, it's fine. It's, it's If I'm being honest with myself, it's fine. If I'm looking to watch something and just turn my fucking brain off and like, I'll, I'll put on Hellboy 1 or 2, like yeah. the 2000s version, right? Um, but it does not hold up like I hoped that it would.
0: Literally, I feel the exact same way.
1: So now, <laughs> Eric. Yeah. Well, I was going to try to like bring in a hell pun but i don't think
0: what okay. the hell is with this remake
1: i know <laughs> what the hell oh my god um was the 2019 version new interesting or the same progressive regressive what kind of thought what what kind of thoughts do you got boy i See, i think... got the boy in there i got the, hell I like in it. the first one the boy in the second yeah. so hell boy hey See how smart i am oh my god
0: I, I mean i loved it it was like the perfect bookends. um i thought it wasn't very new in any regard even with the tie-in to modern culture i.e twitter and uber um i thought it was interesting in a very negative way to bring in merlin and excalibur and trolls and nazis and like this whole encompassed weird messy it's like i mean that's interesting to say the least Not that it's good, but it's just, it's interesting. Um, I thought it was, yeah, I'm going to just say hard-ass regressive because I don't think it expanded upon anything socially. Um, It doubled down on its misogyny and its treatment and hatred for women. Um, It did not have anything good to say about othering or what have you when, like, those are the real progressive conversation pieces to, like, spur the narrative or, or, like, further a narrative uh, and then also just with the IP, it left even even worse impression in my mouth. So like regressive all around, um, and I don't think the story has evolved with our, today's ideals at all. I don't think it's changed anything. I think this movie is a nothing movie that has done nothing for anything Hellboy or anything in in life. I feel like that's so harsh, <laughs> but it's, it's it really it fe- it feels like a a, a nothing movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really does. Um, I don't, this did not feel new. Um, it didn't even feel the same. Like it, it just felt like nothing. Um, yeah. I. It was interesting, but only because I was interested in uh, Nimue and I yeah. was interested in... Like, you know, uh, again, like, I fucking eat up the the connections between, like, you know, oh, King Arthur, what? And then, like, okay, Merlin's here. But, like, it was just done so bad that I couldn't even, like, it was, like you said, interesting in a bad way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I do think that this movie was just, like, regressive on all fronts. Like, it, it yeah. was even worse to women than the first one was. Oh, God, I can't even. I know. This was just, it was just really, really regressive. And it, like... Any conversation that the first one was trying to have on masculinity or on good and evil or, you know, what makes a person a person and what makes them who they are, nature versus nurture, like this one's just like just grow a pair and get over it was like the whole thing. And I can't think of a more regressive narrative than that. Truly. It's, it was just really, really, really bad and toxic and this is yeah. a fucking bad movie. It's
0: not it's not a good one. That's for for sure.
1: Having said that, who the hell do you think this was for? Ooh. <laughs> A little sassy. I, th-
0: I think this movie is for the concept of daddy issues. This movie is for daddy issues.
1: The yeah. personification of daddy the,
0: issues. Yeah, the idea, the concept of daddy issues. This movie was for that. And I don't think I'm going to elaborate on that.
1: Just hard <laughs> daddy I don't really issues. know what else to say.
0: It's for daddy issues. Who did you think it was for?
1: Cool, cool, cool. Um, I think it was for fragile men. Fragile, fragile very, very fragile. Fragile man. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to elaborate on that either because it absolutely see? is correct.
0: Because it's, I mean, they're kind of just like base level concepts with like, yep, yeah, that's what it is. Hey.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you like it? No. Are you saying you liked it's it? so bad. Oh my it's God. It's unfortunately so bad. But like, I just saw this text from you right now that said that you loved it. So, oh, see, um, so...
0: I actually got hacked. Oh no. Oh, oh no. no. I'm uh, so I sad. know. And unfortunately, because I'm gay, it is a hate crime. <laughs> so, um, God, we love that. Um, no, so I don't like it. I don't like it. And you know what? I really like David Harbour and I want to see him succeed. I really like Mila Jovovich and I wanna see her succeed. I really like Daniel Day Kim and I wanna see him succeed. But alas, here we are. <laughs> Unforge. Um, did you like it?
1: Absolutely not. This is one of the worst films that I have seen. Yeah. On our letterboxd, we're gonna give this like oh. a point five. No, probably like it is going to be Ooh. real bad.
0: I mean, I'm happy um, people got paid. I'm happy people got paid. percent. Get fucking I paid. I love that. Do it. Get get the job, but unforge for us, it's not good. It's not good.
1: It's not. And with that, <sighs> thank That's... you for listening. Uh, we were much more entertaining than the movie, so don't go back and watch it. Um, it's
0: not worth it. It's
1: fine. The first one is cool. Like, watch that one. Like, you know, just like hang out and have a good time. But yeah. thank you for listening to us talk about these movies.
0: And please, 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 while you're here, listening to our voices. Do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And please follow us on social media. We love your engagement and we love your attention.
1: Truly. We totally do. <laughs> Our artwork and music is by Eric Lefebri, editing by Danny Barkley. And thank you again for listening. And thank you, Eric.
0: Thank you, Jess.
1: And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye-bye. Good. Bye. bye
0: for now. This podcast has been brought to you by The Nostalgia Network.
1: Visit thenostalgianetwork.com for more.
0: Hey, everybody. I'm Eric. I'm Shelby. I'm Jake. And we are the band Lousy Advice from The Lousy Advice Podcast. Come listen as we draft artists and genre-centric best-of lists. With the help of our closest friends. These lists are canon. And there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. From misfits to share. Green Day to Gaga. Or Pup to Paramore. Listen to the Lousy Advice Podcast now or else. Stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Nostalgia Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that we are the band Lousy Advice, and this is our podcast, the Lousy Advice Podcast. The Lousy Advice Podcast? The Lousy Advice Podcast.